How are you? Okay, you'll be better after this. Trust me. The message I, I want to share with you came out of a cry of my own heart. You know, we, this year I believe that God spoke to us as a church that we're going to retrieve everything we've lost, but we're also going to have fast-forward momentum. Um, the moment I declared that, it was as if everything that I didn't want to happen started happening to me. You know, it's like when you say, it's like say, man, you know what, I want to get fit. And the moment you want to get fit, everybody wants to take you out for lunch, dinner, lunch. You get that. And I remember just having all of these setbacks coming up, getting a victory, having a setback. And I just started crying out, oh God, I need to know what I'm fighting. You know, it's... What, there's one thing to be in a fight, but when you don't know what you're fighting, you don't know what to be prepared for. And I started to cry out to God, and I said, God, I, I need to know what I'm fighting. And uh, one of our friends of Faith Life Church is Pastor Phil Kennedy uh, from um, Brisbane. He's driving along, and God speaks to him. He gives me a call. He says, oh, Ted, I never do this, but I have a word for you. And I go, well, what's the word? Isaac kept digging up the wells. And I go, that's the word for you. He says, keep on digging, because when you get to the last well, miracles happen. And that's all he left. And I just started going, I wanted a better word. I, I, wanted, I wanted something more. And all of a sudden, God said, that is the word. And I started seeking. And, and, and I remember I could not sleep. I've been praying about this and woke up about 2 o'clock, started tossing and turning, so I got up and started to see God on it. And what, what I thought was going to be a really short word, and um, I think it could be one for next week as well, because it's, it's going to be good for you. So what we do, when it's starting, the Bible says you've got to keep on digging. I love this. This is a message from Isaac. When it's not working, dig a well. Now, you've got to watch something. When you start thinking about digging wells, that means that you've got to know that there is water or there is something under there. So therefore, to be a well digger, you need to be a revelation taker. Because I remember this one reporter was, um, was interviewing one of the Rockefeller families. And they said, what makes you successful? He goes, that's easy. He goes, when you dig, you get dirt. When I dig, I get oil. You don't want to be the first. So what we, what we see is that the Bible talks about this one man called Isaac. To understand Isaac, you need to go right back to the book of Genesis. You need to go to chapter 1. You need to go to verse 28. Now watch this. When God created man, he did, he didn't, what he did do was this. He, God first created the earth. He put animals in it and all of that. Now I want you to know something. God never blessed the earth. He never blessed the animals. Never blessed the sun, the sun, the moon and all that. What he did, he reserved his blessing for man and woman. You should get excited about this. 
that the world is not here to bless us, we're here to bless the earth. So what you have is this paradigm where God says to Adam, Adam, I've created the earth, I've created Eden. You don't need to find out, you don't need a vision statement for Eden. I have given it to you, you are to replicate it more and more and more and more. See, what the world is crying out for, this physical earth is crying out, is for sons and daughters of the kingdom to replicate Eden. Okay, you're allowed to get excited. So, now now watch how carefully this is. Man is perfect. He gives him a perfect environment. And yet, he goes, the the perfect man in a perfect environment cannot replicate it unless he is blessed. That shows you great start of all. He goes, self-effort can't do it. So he puts in this and he goes, I am going to bless you. Adam falls and the power of the blood, as as Pastor Silva was talking about, is so amazing that God reinstates the blessing. He does it in Noah. The moment Noah gets out of the ark, he blessed him with the same blessing of Genesis 1.28. And he comes to Abraham and he blesses him. Now watch this. Now you got, uh, uh, this is just foundation level. One of the covenant blessings is this. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb. So this means this. If the mother is blessed, the child is automatically blessed. Suvay's mum is here. One of the reasons that Suvay is blessed is because her mum was blessed. One of the reasons I know my grandkids are blessed is because my daughter is blessed. Because she was blessed because she was from Silva. So what you have is this blessing is transferable to the family. So it's not earned. It is given. It's transferred as we've already already seen. So now watch this. So... To understand Isaac, you need to know that when he grew up, he grew up knowing and thinking that he is blessed. Uh, I remember talking to my daughter. She lived in Caulfield for a while in a Jewish community. And um, she came up to one of them. They were the mothers at the school, very successful women. So Christine goes to her, why are you blessed? He goes, well, from the early age, we are taught that we are blessed. We are educated that we are blessed. We go to the synagogue and we're told we're blessed. Everywhere we go, we're blessed. So we grow up knowing that we're blessed. So no one needs to tell us we're blessed. We grow up being blessed. Now, let me read this to you. The message that Isaac is telling us, when it's not working, dig a well. The second thing is, well digging teaches us that... That the surface, what we see and what we feel and what we experience is not the only reality. So you look at a piece of ground. Now let me just say something to all of you here. All of you are amazing, but somebody needs to dig it out. You know what digging is? You see a child 
and he starts to sing and you go, oh my God. Oh my God, maybe you shouldn't be a singer, you should be the sound of silence stuff. But then a teacher, a music teacher comes in and he starts to dig away so what is underneath can come out. See, some of you have been misunderstood. Some of you feel neglected. That's because the one that knows you, that is closest to you, doesn't do the digging. I want to give you a relationship seminar in one minute. When you get married, you become a digger. There's, there's gold in Sulve, but somebody had to dig it out. You know what? She, she's still digging stuff out of me. Uh, uh, every day she goes, Ted, I just removed something more. And I go, thank you, Jesus. Uh, and I go, how much is there in me? Oh, dear Lord. But you see what happens is this. When you meet somebody, you see the surface. You don't see what's underneath. That is why when people big, you know, get the Bible and they go, oh, it's just a book of history. No, no, no. It's a well. So what happens is this, is that God says this, is that you're looking at something, but under the surface, there is gold. There is water. There is something amazing. See, there's something amazing about you. That's why you come to church. That's why you, you know, you know sometimes the best digger is the person that frustrates you. That's why in marriage and all that, you frustrate each other. And it's not that you're frustrating, you're just taking rubbish out. And all the wives said. <laughs> now, so there's more of you. So what we have is this. Now watch this. When you start reading Genesis 26, it starts with Abraham. And he goes, there was a famine as in Abraham's time. Now Abraham was blessed. Isn't it amazing that you can be blessed and wind up in a famine. You can do all the right stuff, say the right stuff, wear the right stuff, and end up in a famine. Am I preaching to Ted, or am I preaching to my church? So what some of the people say is this, if, you know, if Ted, if you are so holy, you shouldn't have this, this, and this. But the Bible tells me the opposite. It says, Adam got into a famine. Noah, all of these, comes to Abraham, and Genesis 26 starts off, there was a famine the same as in Abraham's time. So what does that tell me? Is that the famine cannot reduce the blessing. The famine can only plug the blessing, but not destroy the blessing. You know what's really interesting? How Isaac... And Abraham, the same, both of them had a fear because they married really beautiful women and they lived in a society, if you saw a beautiful woman and she was married and you wanted her, you had to kill the husband. Can you imagine if we started doing this today? He goes, don't marry anybody beautiful because you're going to get shot. <laughs> so Abraham lied to protect himself and his wife, God switched it around and blessed him. 
Isaac did the same. See, the thing is, when you know you're blessed, now just let me just show you something. When God blesses, it's irreversible. When Naaman in the Bible was hired to curse Israel, he said, I'm going to curse him. And then he gets in a dialogue with God and he says, hey, but Israel has done this and this and this and this, so they deserve to be cursed. Then God speaks to him and he says this, you cannot curse what I have blessed. It can't be. So see, what, 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 we're, what we're dealing here is that when the blessing comes, it's irreversible. But we all know we hit times of famine, times of distress. Time where you're working as hard, but your promotion keeps getting backwards. This goes on, this goes on, and you're thinking is this. Now, here's the issue. That the famine itself has a voice, and it says this. If you were holy, you wouldn't be in a famine. If you would have done the right thing, this wouldn't have happened. So the famine is speaking. So here he comes, and he is the man that is blessed, and he, God puts him in a famine. And look at this. Look at verse, we're going to start reading at verse 12. Wow, it's already, ooh, I've only got 15 minutes. Everybody go, oh no. <laughs> You'll have to come back next week. Listen to this. So when you have the anointing of a blessing, you know that the blessing doesn't depend on outward circumstances. See, the blessing has a source, and the source is God. Because, the, the one, listen to me carefully here, the one that bestows the blessing is responsible to make the blessing work. You are not designed to meet your own needs. You are not designed to promote yourself. You are not designed for that. You are designed for the blessing of God to flow through you. Now watch this. So now Isaac has a blessed mentality and he does this. Now he's in the middle of a famine where no one is sowing. Look at verse 12. And Isaac sowed in the land in the year and reaped a hundredfold Adonai blessed him. Now watch this. How, why did he reap a hundredfold? Because Adonai, or God, blessed him. When you do things with the, with the faith in the blessing, God takes over. That is why tithing is under so much attack is because it's a blessing. Now, and watch, it gets better. Now listen, to, this is what the blessing does. In, now we're talking, everybody say famine. Say this, it shouldn't work. What? And he goes, and the man, verse 13, became great in famine. But he doesn't stop there. And continued, underline that, that the blessing of God is not a one-off event. It is a lifestyle. 
So therefore, it means this. God's, why am I saying this? The reason I'm saying this, if there isn't a continuous blessing, there is a blockage. And it's not God, and it's not what's in you. And he became greater, right? So first he was great. Then he became greater until he became very great. Some of you are great. Some of you are becoming greater. Some of you are very great. Now watch this. The blessing of God took him for being great. And it continued to he became greater until he became very great. Verse 14, he acquired, he acquired livestock of sheep and livestock of cattle and numerous servants. Then the Philistines envied him. Now watch this. The Bible says that the persecution comes because of the word. The reason the church is persecuted is because of the word. So what we see here is that Isaac's blessing drew attention to him. He wasn't promoting himself. It was the blessing. And the Bible says this, right? And, and, and they envied him. Now look at verse 15. All the wells that his father's servants had dug, this is talking about Abram, Abraham, in the days of his father Abraham, the Philistine stopped up and filled it with dirt. The original translation there says they put rocks and dirt in it. So what happens is this, is that Abraham, because of his prophetic nature, had dug wells so if there was a famine, that Isaac would have an inheritance. So Isaac, in this, Isaac is in a land of famine, but the prophetic, the blessing goes before the famine, and he put in wells. Well, what did the Philistines do? Now, you've got to watch this. Now we're entering into the demonic realm. Everybody say demonic realm. Why would you stop up wells in the desert? Not only are they hurting themselves, so there is a contention for wells. Now, watch, now watch this carefully now. There are wells that are above the ground. You can see them, you know, they're either rectangular or whatever they are, and you can sort of see it because they're above ground. But then there are wells that were on ground level. And what happens is when they are plugged up and dirt comes on them, grass goes on them, and you're walking, you are dying of thirst, but you're standing on water. So the curse was this is that they, the, the, the demonic realm goes, we got to stop the blessing. How are we going to do it? Let's plug up the inheritance. If you want to know what your inheritance is, it's this. You know what's really interesting there? I, I haven't put it on here. But the word of God in, his, uh, in Isaiah 12 verse 3 says, with joy you will draw waters from the wells of salvation. 
Not one. Jesus said, out of you will flow rivers of living water. Rivers, not one. Every, all the rivers have one source. So what's been happening in us is that our inheritance has been plugged up. There are wells of finance. There are wells of peace. There are wells of ideas. Do you realize that some of the best inventions in the 20th century and in the 19th century were invented by Bible-believing, faith-filled Christians? The Bible says, above what you can ask and think. So the, so the Word of God says, it coming up, it says there's not only one well. So some people get a well that they're saved and they're going to heaven and that's all they do. But there is a well of water, of water baptism. There is a well of being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Apostle Paul, in the book of Acts, he's baptizing the disciples. And he baptizes them. They come out of the water and he says this, Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believed? What did they say? I never even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. There was a... I mentioned this story before. It's worthwhile saturating yourself in it. A, a guy by the name of Jack Deere. He was a theologian. He, he still is a theologian in the Methodist movement, in the staunch Methodist movements, where they just believed in methods. As long as you knew how the method goes, you were okay. And they were brought up that there, the time of miracles is over. And they taught, he taught it in Bible college. And then he went on an English tour of all the churches. So he's gone from the States into England. And he loves antique books. And he walks into an antique dealer, with, deals with antique books from, from the Methodist movement. And he picks up this book. And he opens it up. And what the book was is that the bishop of the county would collect everything that's happened in every church, put it in one book, and so that it would be recorded. So he picks up one year. He opens it up, and he goes, this church saw multiple miracles, people healed of this, this, and this. And he goes, wow, this is what's going on here. Looks up another church. We saw, you know, 10, 15 salvations that day. <gasps> sister, you know, sister was sick. They came and laid hands on her and she recovered. So he's going through this and the whole book is filled with miracles. But he looked at the price tag. Do you, isn't that amazing? The older some things get, the more expensive they are. It's kind of the opposite everywhere else. So he looks at the price tag and goes, I'm, I'm a broke theologian. There's no way I can afford that. So he just goes, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, he goes back to the States and he happens to find a reprint, the cheap kind. It's a new reprint. And he picks up the reprint and he's so excited. So he wants to get inspired and he opens it up and every miracle has been removed from the history. Somebody's plugged 
up the wells. Hmm. So you've got living water of miracles, but it's been plugged up. Now, listen, they stopped it up and filled it with dirt. So what you have is you've got major rocks, and then you've got sand. It gets better, right? So Amalek said to Isaac, verse 16, Go away from us, for you are much more powerful than us. I want you to see this. What's, what's he saying? That the blessing is bigger than us. Go away from us. I want you to see the deception is this. Why wouldn't you ask somebody, Isaac, how, in, how can this blessing be transferred to us? So it was the removal of the blessing. So, that he, so he was removed because he was blessed. Listen to this. So Isaac departed from there, verse 17, and camped in the valley of Gur and dwelt there. And now watch this. What does, the, what does Isaac do? He goes after his inheritance. He goes, listen, listen, listen to verse 18. So we're going to watch this. First dig. This is the first time digging wells or unplugging wells is introduced. Then Isaac dug again the wells of water that had been dug in the days of his father Abraham. What does that tell you? That the water was still there. The water didn't move. The blessing didn't disappear. You don't have to reinvent the blessing. You go to the source of the blessing. So he comes up and he says, he, he started to dig up the wells that his father had. And the Philistines had stopped them up before Abraham's death. He gave them the same names that his father had given them. Whoa, just watch this. He gave them the different names. This is the well of healing. This is the well of salvation. This is the well of deliverance. This is the well of peace. Why does he name him? It's because then you can go, what do I need today? Out of which well do I need to drink? It's like having a menu and you go, I'm feeling like I need chicken. They go, where is the chicken well? I need some chili crab. Where is it? Yeah. I need some slow-cooked lamb over charcoal. See, what he's doing, he named them so that you can get, so God says, I don't want you guessworking. I want you to go where your answer is. Okay. So that was the first dig. Listen to this. Then Isaac's servants Verse 19, dug in the valley and found a well of living water. Now watch this. But there's that well. And God says, these are the wells that have been stopped up. But I am into continual blessing. So, what I've, so now there are new wells that need to be dug. Hey, wouldn't you, hey, God, wouldn't you, wouldn't you think that Isaac's a bit on the greedy side? Come on, you, you got your inheritance. But God says, you, you can have your inheritance, but I want to add to your inheritance. And Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found living water. So what did Isaac do? The spirit of a blessing keeps on digging. Look at verse 20. 
But the shepherds of Gur quarreled with Isaac's servants, saying, The water is ours. So he named the well Quarrel, because they quarreled with him. So the thing that you are sometimes fighting is this spirit wants to argue with you about the well that you have just dug. And now this, what, what gets me, I remember asking God that says, why doesn't he fight? You know, just, just think about it. If you've ever been in a situation where you're working in an office, you do all the work and somebody gets all the credit? Come on. You know what? You do everything. You design the machine, do the machine, but your name doesn't even get mentioned. You know, the CEO comes into the office, bypasses me, goes to my manager, goes, gee, you're good. And he goes, excuse them, what? And God said this, you know, because what we think, I've dug one well, that's all there is. God says, just because somebody steals your well, you can dig another one. There's not a shortage of living water. So what, what did he do? He says, all right, you want that? Somebody once said this to me, and I never understood it. He said, what would you prefer, $1 million or the wisdom how to make a $1 million? My first thought was, $1 million. I understand hourly rate. Give me the car, yeah. <laughs> now, now we're warping. I can feel. I can feel the laugh. But here's the problem: you can. What if you lose it? Isaac had the ability. You take my well. You stop my access. I'll dig myself another well. Listen to, in verse in verse twenty one. Then he dug another well. And they quarreled over it, so he named it accusation. The word there, accusation, is where we get our word Satan from. So what does he do? He starts to accuse you about the well that you've just dug. So how does he accuse you? How does he block up your well? Oh, look at your attitude. Look at your attitude. If you had the right attitude, when that person cut you off, you would have gave him the Abrahamic blessing. But instead, I gave him the Ted Fabianic blessing. You know, he, he, see, what, what he does, he accuses you, and he starts to block up your well with accusation. Look at you. If you were holy, that wouldn't have happened. Look at your this, 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 da, 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 da. So he starts to accuse you. He goes after your faith. He goes after all that. So you see, the, where Satan comes up, he is the well blocker. Listen to verse 22. Then he moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he named it wide spaces and said, because now Adonai has created wide spaces for us, and we will be fruitful in the land. Now watch this. If he had stopped digging and he would have stayed quarreling. What does Satan, what did he want? He says, let me keep you fighting over this well. L -l 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 fight with me. Fight with me. It's like Goliath said, send me a man to fight with me. He is making up all the rules. And David says, I'm not playing by your rules. See, if he had 
if he had stopped digging, with six months into the year, don't stop digging. You're this close and all of a sudden the door is shut. Don't stop digging. And he says, wide spaces for us. We will be fruitful in the land. But then he still doesn't stop. He goes, there's more. There's more. There's more. And he goes, and he went up from there to Beersheba. And he says this in verse 24. He kept digging and then something amazing happened. In verse 24, Adonai appeared to him that night and said, I am the Lord your God. I love it. Of your father Abraham. Stop there. You know what he was saying? I am not a respecter of person. The God of Abraham is now the God of Isaac. I'm not making a difference. So what I was to Abraham, I will be to you. Do you realize when you get born again, you become the seed of Abraham? And what's, what's the seed of Abraham? It is what's happening to Isaac. Isaac is the seed of Abraham. And God says to him, as Abraham digged wells during the famine, you dig wells. As Abraham sowed in famine, so shall you sow in famine. And he says this, do not be afraid. I am with you. I will bless you. Now watch this. He is now going back all the way there saying, this is the source of the blessing. I will bless you. I will multiply your seed for the sake of Abraham, my servant. Now watch this. So he built an altar there and called it by the name of Adonai. And he pitched his tents there, and Isaac's servants hollowed out another well. And this is the well of his presence. Now, you, you want to talk about presence? Let me show you something. There was a man, when David found the Ark of Covenant, which represented the presence of God. They had issues because they didn't know how to transport it. And they put it into this man's house. So what they did is they just took, a, they took the presence, put it into an ordinary house. You know what the Bible says? That everything that that family done prospered because the presence of God was there. So, so now, in, we're six months through. I can, I, can, I can stand here, all the blockages that we're going through church. Blockages in this, blockages in this. We put in, I'll just give you one, okay? Just give you one. In January, I meet a builder and an architect to give me a quote so we can fit out the next part over there. Guess what? Nothing. Blockage, blockage, blockage. And there are times when you feel like, man, oh, I just feel like giving up. I know it's a year of increase. I know that I'm going to get it back, but I am tired. I tell you what today. Today is the day that you get new strength so you can dig. Today is the day that we go in there. And how do we dig? This is how we dig. You keep on praying. You keep on declaring. You keep on encouraging. You keep on worshipping, you keep on giving, you keep on fellowshipping. Don't stop. 
Don't stop what you're doing. Don't stop coming together. Don't stop encouraging each other. Don't stop praying because you're digging wells. You're digging, you're digging. And we're going to deal with it uh, next week. And some of the things that have been done. And I want you to notice, the water attracts stone throwers and dirt. You, I'm here to tell you that you're attracting dirt. You know, isn't it interesting we talk about the spirit of the Antichrist? Well, you cannot have the spirit of the Antichrist without having Christ. I know that's deep for Sunday morning. But I'm here to tell you some of us are very, very close. You dig out your inheritance. Like we were doing, the, what does communion do? It tells you your inheritance. But there are wells of prosperity. There are wells of peace. There are wells of relationship. I'll have to, if the worship team can come up and we're going to do something amazing today. But we, I'm encouraging you, and I believe this is not just the word, not a, it's not a sermon, but it is God speaking to us as individuals and as a church. We're not going to stop digging. We're not going to go, stop not going after it. You might be tired. You might be thinking, man, there's just so much dirt. You know what's really interesting? The harder to remove the stone tells you the wealth that is underneath it. I know, I know when, you're, when you're tired, you don't want to hear that. But then you realize, if there wasn't a contention for it, why is the enemy trying so hard to get at you? If you're not that great, why are you still having problems? Come on. Have you ever thought that, you know, I can understand popular people getting problems. I, I, I get that. But how is it no one knows my name, I live in an ordinary neighborhood, I drive an ordinary car, I live in an ordinary house, I have an ordinary job, and I still have problems. The reason being is that the wealth is hidden under your ordinary. Listen to me very carefully again. How can you be ordinary and be a child of God? How can you be ordinary without, and you have, you've got God's life in you? How can you be ordinary? The reason you've got to fight is because the enemy knows that if I can plug you up, then I am safe. You see, the safety of the enemy is wrapped up in plugging you up. Let me show you if you have a plug, if you've got rocks inside of you. When you are really down, do you want to get up and start proclaiming that God is good? I, I don't. I'd like to. I need a wambulance. You know what a wambulance is? When a kid goes, call him a wambulance. See, I, I, I want to tell God how bad I feel. I want to tell him in detail. I want to give him a novel. Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3, Volume 4. You know what that is a sign? Somebody's chucked a rock on you and everything inside of you. This is where you get your spirit man and you start to declare. 
you go, okay, God, let the rich. No, no, no. I was going to say, let the rich say, I am poor. (laughs) Do not. If you do that, I, I will do things to you. The Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So as a church, I'm asking us as a church, let's not stop. We're not stopping. We might have blockages. We might have setbacks. But the Word of God says this, that Isaac, the blessing, starts to remove it. And you know what? What we need to do is you need to let the blessing start to take some of the rubbish out of you. How do you do that in worship? Okay, okay. Just pastoral talk here. How many, can we be honest? How many of you find it hard to worship at times? Do I have to go down and put your hand up? Let me tell you why. The reason you feel that. It's not not that you're bad. It's that the rock's speaking to you. And he says, it's too heavy, it's too heavy. Do you realize when you worship, there's a fragrance that goes out of you? And now, now watch this. Which way does the fragrance always go? Up. So therefore, whatever is trying to block you when you worship, guess what the fragrance is doing? So when you worship, somebody's just come up and put a load on you. I'm going to worship. Why do, you want, why do you want to worship? It's because I can't lift the load, but my worship can. See, because my worship is supernatural. So what we're going to do, I want you to stand.